Welcome to Between Two Barrels Podcast, live from Legend Studios. Between Two Barrels is a weekly podcast highlighting some of the legends across the state of Tennessee. From Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman, from our head distiller to our legendary products and employees, this podcast will discuss spirits of all kinds here at Tennessee Legend Distillery. From country stars and cryptids to everything in between, we will talk about the life in a Tennessee distillery. Hello there, and welcome to the first episode of the Between Two Barrels podcast at Legend Studio right here at Tennessee Legend Distillery on Winfield Dunn Parkway in Sevierville, Tennessee, and this is going to be a fun thing. I am Opie, and joined by my co-host, the incomparable Brian. Greetings. Well, we're going to, first off in this little episode, we're just going to talk a little bit about why we're doing this, what we're doing, and who we are. So, I'm Opie. I've lived in the area my entire life. I grew up in Morristown, about 45 minutes away. I've been working here for about two and a half years, almost. I started out as a bartender and kind of weaseled my way into social media, content creation, stuff like that. And, of course, Brian here is our boss. Yes, that would be correct. As Opie said, uh, I am pretty much the director of retail operations here for Tennessee Legend Distillery. That's the official title, uh, or as I like to tell anyone that asks, I pretty much do whatever else is needed to be done at the Mm -hmm. time, regardless of what it is, whether it be something maintenance-wise, administrative you name it if there's somebody that doesn't want to do it i typically wind up getting the job um as far as the the where froms and the how longs and mm-hmm. all that stuff uh, i am originally a south carolina native um born in aiken county south carolina i don't quite claim aiken as much as i do uh, the little suburb of Vaucluse yeah. or the rural town of Vaucluse. Uh, South Carolina, so anybody back in the 29829, shout out to you guys. But moved to Tennessee at around the age of 13. I am now 42, so I have definitely lived more of my life in Tennessee, uh, but South Carolina is still definitely home. Uh, did go to Sevier County High School, and as part of this podcast, we'll be talking about some uh, country music legends, the mm-hmm. same high school that uh, the Queen Mother herself, Miss yes. Dolly Parton, wound up going to. Uh, and have been here at Tennessee Legend Distillery now since early 2019. As a matter of fact, I started April 1st, April mm-hmm. Fool's Day. The staff here at the time had plenty of opportunity to be able to pull one heck of a April Fool's Day oh. prank on me whenever I came in for my first day, uh, but they did not. So I was kind of disappointed in that fact, but uh, was able to climb the ranks rather quickly uh, and have gotten myself into the position that I am now and pretty much trying to Mm -hmm. help everything run as smoothly as it can. Wear a lot of hats. Yes, a lot of hats. hats. Figuratively and literally. Yes. Uh, We actually first met each other during the live 
professional theater scene that that's very active here in Sevier County, Tennessee. We were both working for at the time the company was called Fee Hedrick Family Entertainment. They owned Hatfield McCoy Dinner Show, Smoky Mountain Opry, Comedy Barn, and a few other things. Yeah, for those of you that may not know, um, if you've ever been to Branson, Myrtle Beach, or Pigeon Forge, they're all pretty much the same and. Now, as it stands, uh, pretty much owned by most all of the same people as far as the different venues, the different entertainment venues, live shows, uh, even including some restaurants. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, like Tyler said, we originally met uh, working for Fee Hedrick Family Entertainment. And if I'm not mistaken, that goes all the way back to 2010, 2011, Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere around Mm -hmm. in there, whenever Mm -hmm. we first were working together at the Miracle Theater. Yes, it was and then coming, that, when I started, it was coming out of Miracle. Going into, going into the into Smoky Opry. Mountain Opry, uh, and then we found ourselves working together at, for a short period of time. A very short period together of Together at what would be the Bob Nelson, love that man, Bob Nelson. Mm-hmm. If you are definitely uh, uh, from the 80s in any capacity, whether you were uh, an adult or just coming up in the 80s, uh, you'd probably recognize the name Bob Nelson from his different HBO specials and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And also as the uh, love interest of the female cop from Kindergarten, Kindergarten cop, cop, that would probably yeah. be the most recognizable yeah. uh, things that people would know Bob from, uh, apart from his stand-up specials. But we got the fortunate opportunity to to work with him in a, in a very fun show and a very fun venue. Speaking of legends, I mean, we can go ahead and knock that one out as one of yeah. the legends of Pigeon Forge and the fact that the theater that that show was being housed in was the oldest theater in the city of mm-hmm. Pigeon Forge. The only theater in town that would be older than that one would be Sweet Fanny Adams up in Gatlinburg. Yeah. And that was because of the um, the family that owned them were coming directly out of vaudeville, yeah. uh, starting to do those yeah. types of performances. So, uh, yeah, what would have been the Smoky Mountain Jubilee for those of you that have been to the Smoky Mountain area before wow. several years ago? The old Smoky Mountain Jubilee Theater would have been the one that the Bob Nelson show was housed in. I believe you wound up getting out of the working in the theaters yes, in that aspect, I, but um, never actually stepped away from no, the theater. No, uh, well, there was a time where after I I performed for a while at the Great Smoky Mountain Murder Mr. Dinner Show for a couple years and got out of that and got into a little bit different aspects of the theater world with Fee Hedrick. Uh, Smoky Mountain Opry and Bob Nelson and then kind of got a little burnt out on just the theater world in general because theater is probably my probably aside from my wife and my family my number one passion and and I just started to get burnt out so I went into marketing and stuff like that for Buffalo Wild Wings here in Sevierville and did that for a few years uh, moved back home after a few years to Morristown and got into teaching for a little bit and then got really heavily involved uh, with the local community theater there, Encore Theatrical Company, and I've uh, been doing that ever since. Uh, if I'm not here at the distillery, I'm either on stage or rehearsing a stage show. So uh, Directing, or directing, stage managing, yes. all kinds yes. of stuff. I mean, all aspects of yeah. the theater. And, you've, and you've dipped your toe in every yeah, single a little bit, bit of it. So and a speak. little bit. I've even ran sound and light. So yeah, pretty much everywhere in the theater that is able to to have a job, I've I've tried a little bit of everything. I, I can I can definitely say that I've had 
Well, not as much of a performance aspect of getting into the theater. Uh, most of my performances would definitely be the behind-the-curtain mm-hmm. stuff whenever it comes to the theater world. Um, much like Tyler, I have spent quite a few years, not as many as Tyler, because he's been doing it since he could crawl, mm-hmm. uh, has been entertaining in some form or another uh, on stage. Of course, I had some some fun times in like kindergarten, you know, uh, what would be stuff organized by the school for the first couple of years and then really got out of it, got into sports for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad and uncle were uh, like the baseball coaches for our little league teams and stuff like that. So definitely wound up getting into that, but always had the the entertainment bug uh, in my system. And uh, whenever I first moved up here, it was it was fun because one of the people that I wound up meeting as a friend had a an older sister that had posed for some of the advertisements for what would have been some of the brochures mm-hmm. here in town. And I thought that was really cool. And I thought to myself, you know, at some point in time, I want to wind up being in some of those types of adverts, some of those types of things. I guess just subconsciously, I, I wound up working towards it until eventually I wound up getting hired on through uh, Fee Hedrick at what was originally the Black Bear Jamboree all the way back in 2002, mm. and then, which is now the Hatfield-McCoy Theater, and was a different theater before that, so the buildings and the theaters around here go through quite a few changes. <laughs> Started off in that, uh, starting off in the ticket office. And then just making my way around until the last couple of years, which would have been going into 2018, 2019, to actually being back in a performance situation. Mm -hmm. And was the bearded lady in Darren Romeo's Magic Beyond Belief show. Yes. Uh, So it's fun to be able to tell people uh, I can put on my resume that not only with it being a magic show, uh, I'm adept to the the black art, not black arts, uh, but a master of the black art. Yes. Uh, and was able to, to make a living successfully dressing in drag for an entire year. So, uh, and not fun having times to shave. That. And, yeah, not, and not having to shave, which was, which was uh, doubly impressive. Um, but, no, it was a situation where I was kind of getting burnt out. And then, like we had mentioned before um, earlier in the cast, that the, the theater had sold out to another entity, uh, Fee Hedrick Family Entertainment Group, sold out to another company. And it was at that point, you know, my, my loyalties lied to the people, not necessarily to the mm. the theaters, as it were, uh, in that aspect. While I do do miss the, the buildings and stuff like that, like I said, it was more the people than anything else that I was around that, that really made it a second home for me. And since that had happened, uh, I came and started working here in the distillery and pretty much starting a whole other different type yeah. of family. Yeah. Uh, but those same types of uh, relationships being built and stuff like that. So it's it's a great place. And I'm able to bring back some old family members yeah. back into the new family yeah. coming in and joining us here at TLD. And like he said, he going from being someone who was just doing some samples, uh, being one of our regular bartenders, to now heading up uh, certain aspects of our social media, working with some of our other social employees here, members, or social yeah. media team, uh, to be able to try to bring you our our listeners our our followers uh, some of the best content that you can find mm-hmm. and it's it's fun too because to to an outside eye it looks like we're just goofing off with the camera right like uh, one right. of the big things we do and we filmed a lot of them this morning is uh, a bunch of us are wrestling fans so for our tiktok we do entering work like wrestlers that's the thing is and i don't know if people really understand the whole premise behind that 
is is growing up especially if you grew up in what would be the southeast mm. i mean wrestling is a huge thing so whenever you were growing up seeing people like andre the giant or hulk hogan mm-hmm. or one of my favorites as far as an entrance would have been ultimate warrior just yes. running just full speed straight to the ring and just shaking the ropes it's a situation where sometimes you find yourself and this is true in any kind of profession that you're in you're having to sort of psych yourself up mm-hmm. sometimes because you get into some of the mundane the repetitive stuff and you need to to find a way to be able to energize yourself so that way the the energy that you put out is mm-hmm. the type of energy that you typically wind up getting back in and since a majority of the jobs in this area revolve around what would be that high energy that that emphatic that come on we're gonna have fun you sometimes need to amp yourself up and what better way than than uh imitating some mm-hmm. of your favorite wrestlers and how they would enter the ring i mean they get you pumped up yeah. they get your blood going you know whenever you're watching it on tv why not just sit there and picture yourself on your way mm-hmm. into work and one of the things that actually i didn't know as far as wrestling entrances and you've actually brought this up before uh something that has really stuck with me in whenever you are coming into work you want to leave the outside noise mm-hmm. out so symbolically you told me that one of the things that wrestlers do as oh, they're yeah. entering the ring yeah. As you will notice, they will wipe their feet on the apron on the outside of the ropes. And that's basically if they had any kind of beef back Mm -hmm. in the backstage area or anything like that, whatever it may be, or they're dealing with something at home, you're wiping that away. You're going into a a spot to where none of that stuff matters because you are getting ready to put on that performance to make Mm -hmm. all these thousands of fans. And in our instance, we're coming in for the people that are coming in to try to get a break from what their daily lives would be mm-hmm. we're also symbolically you know yeah. wiping away all of that negativity but yeah the 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 whole premise of of using the entering work like wrestlers just to be able to get yourself psyched up oh, yeah. or psyched up and pumped ready to go for the day is fantastic and hopefully that's the the type of thing that we're conveying so yeah if you ever feel like you know you're going into work and you really can't get it pull up one of your rest, favorite wrestlers musics yeah. and hit that intro music man and 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 kick today's ass absolutely so uh we mentioned that we are at legend studio and this is a a, an ongoing working evolving thing uh we are actually at the top of tennessee legend distillery and what we call legend studio uh at up here in the loft yeah the loft uh our winfield dunn parkway location in Sevierville, tennessee so you will actually be hearing the business happening yeah, it's you'll actually be, be hearing laughs, uh, mm-hmm. people giving a bunch of woos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Not necessarily Ric Flair woos, but you people, might hear one or two of those. People but entering the door. Yeah, people actually coming in, going out, the doors opening, closing. We've actually got a, a full area of the, the company that's dedicated to uh, laser engraving, mm-hmm. woodworking, uh, stuff like that. So power tools may wind up yeah. making an appearance yeah. at some point in time. We may even get interrupted by a, a knock at the door here coming into the studio. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, myself, it, being in the position yes. that I'm in, I have to answer questions constantly. Mm-hmm. So we might even get some... Get some, some guests. Guests. <laughs> yeah. Unexpected guests. Uh, as well as some, some scheduled guests uh, here on the Between Two Barrels podcast. 
So, talking about Tennessee Legend Distillery, you've been around a little bit longer than I have, and you know a little bit more of uh, the the story of TLD. Uh, why don't you take us through what TLD is? Sure. So, um, whenever I first started, I did have the fortunate opportunity and pleasure to be able to meet all of the uh, original founders of Tennessee Legend Distillery. That would actually be two husband and wife teams, uh, and those would be uh, Jay and Julie Holman, mm-hmm. and then the other husband and wife team would have been Richard and Vicki Frazier. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose Richard a few years back uh, due to some health complications, and we definitely dearly miss him here uh, at Tennessee Legend Distillery. He was definitely one of a kind. Um, for any of you military servicemen and women out there, he would have been a fellow veteran um, and and just an all-around good guy. He was one of those types of people that if he liked you, he would have fired you a hundred times, <laughs> uh, but of course expect you to be back at work the next day. Um, but thankfully we do still have, of course, Jay, Julie, and Vicki here still with us. Uh, originally they had worked with some real estate, uh, doing some cabin rental stuff here in town beforehand, and after 2010, um, they started noticing all the the big boom of what would be the legalized moonshine uh, market Mm -hmm. uh, happening here across East Tennessee, of course, with one of the bigger name ones. I'm not going to mention it by name, but I'm sure it's pretty easy to guess whenever every 100 feet you wind up seeing a billboard Mm -hmm. or advertisement of some kind of theirs. Uh, but no tension, no negative, no bad blood between any of the distilleries, really, for the most part around here. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a really close-knit group of people um, that own and operate the distilleries around town, with a few outlying exceptions, but we won't get into that. But they pulled their resources together, uh, went into a full-fledged partnership, and in 2015 opened up the first Tennessee Legend Distillery location on Newport Highway, 2874 Newport Highway. If you wanted to go visit that location, you can actually go see where a majority of our production is done Mm -hmm. for Tennessee Legend Distillery. Uh, The implementation of a brand new automated bottling line. Uh, Up until this point, everything had been done by hand um, from our amazing production staff. So every single bottle that you would have bought at Tennessee Legend Distillery in the past up until probably the last month mm-hmm. uh, were all hand-produced. None of the stuff wound up going through any kind of real machinery to do any major portion of the process uh, apart from the distilling, of course. And then, yeah, uh, from the success of that original location in 2015, they were op- able to open up the location that we're in now uh, in 2017 won a um, beautification award from the Chamber of Commerce, the local Chamber of Commerce, for the remodeling that they did do on this building because it was in quite uh, quite a disarray mm. uh, whenever they first got into here. And then, of course, from the ongoing success and building of the company, uh, we're able in 2018, just a year later, to open up a Cookville and a Nashville location. And since then... Um, we wound up punching COVID in the mouth, yeah. honestly, in terms of business for that year. Um, while it did hamper us, it was uh, kind of like the old uh, arrow analogy. Wind up getting stretched back so far, and then whenever it got released, it just shoots so much further forward. Mm-hmm. But you have to go through that, that strength and adversity mm-hmm. and that toughness of getting pulled back or getting pushed back and then releasing and just flying forward for all it's worth. So. 
Yeah, uh, and then there's all kinds of different promising things on the horizon. And as we do get more confirmation on these things, we'll be more than happy to share those with you here on the podcast. Absolutely. And uh, we have a lot of products. Uh, Some are seasonal, some are full-time, some are random one-offs when our head distiller is feeling interested in a flavor sometimes from, <laughs> very much so like uh, right now like a mad scientist very much so like uh right now we do have the one-off products um this is one that we have had in the past for those of you who may be familiar with tennessee legend distillery and its early beginnings um but a an owner favorite in the root beer float mm-hmm. uh, a dairy liqueur has made a return and it is fantastic it tastes like a heavy vanilla root beer almost a uh, and w but it is mm-hmm. a uh, a cream liqueur, a dairy-based cream liqueur, and it's fantastic. But we also have things like the salted caramel whiskey, which is our best seller, mm-hmm. has been since day one. We sell, on average, two times more salted caramel than whatever our number two seller is for any given day, week, month, or year. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much take whatever that number two is and divide it or multiply it by two and you'll get our number of salted caramel sales. I remember while being a bartender, people would, when I would tell them those numbers and I would tell them about salted caramel, um, they'd be like, well, why? And I was like, I always would say like, I don't know, like eight, nine years ago, the country fell in love with salted caramel. Like now it's in cookies, it's in cupcakes, it's in coffees, it's in alcohol. Like salted caramel is unstoppable in almost it is. every I mean, aspect of of eating or drinking you might as well call it a, a definitive i mean yeah most of that type of stuff comes out in the fall mm-hmm. like getting closer to to the the basic season i mean i don't want to be dry yeah. or any <laughs> yeah. kind of sense like that but once you kind of get to basic season i mean it is a staple flavor mm-hmm. uh, just like pumpkin spice mm-hmm. pumpkin spice and salted caramel are those staple flavors uh, but the salted caramel is one that has been able to, to transcend just the singular part of the year uh, to year-round and has become one of our better sellers. Uh, I guess because you get both the sweet and savory aspect mm. of it, you can get both of them. Uh, but yeah, uh, it has quite a bunch of applications other than just drinking it, as mm. several employees have found out. Uh, I am someone who definitely likes to use our products more than just making cocktails. I use it in a lot of different food recipes and stuff like that, um, especially the salted caramel from uh, cakes, cupcakes, any kind of confections, the icings and stuff like that. And speaking of, this would probably be a good opportunity to take this moment and let you know about one of the partnering companies that we work with, and that would be Adina Sweet Shop, mm-hmm. who actually uses several of our products uh, to be able to make several of her products. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take this short break, and we're going to tell you a little bit about Adina. Looking to satisfy your sweet tooth while visiting the Smoky Mountains? Check out Adina's Sweet Shop, a treasure cottage of baked goods nestled in the heart of the Smokies in Gatlinburg. They create the most delectable homemade cupcakes, chocolates, pastries, pies, and so much more, including over 20 flavors of the best ice cream you've ever had, and don't forget to check out their selection of boozy favorites as well. Locals and visitors alike have raved about Adina's desserts, and once you've tried them, so will you. At Adina's Sweet Shop, there is truly something for everyone. Just minutes from Dollywood or the mountains, you can find them at 170 Glades Road in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, or online at adinasweetshop.com. 
and tell her you heard about them from Tennessee Legend Distillery. Welcome back. We uh, love Adina's Sweet Shop. Uh, anytime she's playing with something new, uh, confectionery-wise, she usually drops by and brings us some samples and stuff. Oh man, one of my most favorite ones in recent memory was after we released the Orange Creamsicle mm. Moonshine a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and she made the cupcake milkshakes. For those of you who have not been, make sure you go. She makes a cupcake milkshake. That's correct. There is a milkshake with a cupcake shoved down in shoved it. Shoved down <laughs> into the milkshake and blended up. Made of our orange cream sickle moonshine. Yes. In both the ice cream and in the cupcake. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the, the claim was that if you ate three or four of them, mm-hmm. you would technically be over the legal limit in alcohol consumption. Yes. But me personally, I think you'd be on the border of a diabetic coma yes. at that point with all that sugar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but not only is she one of the wonderful folks that winds up making some uh, products with our products, we actually have quite a few others. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit mm-hmm. later. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's all kinds of uses for our products. And we've got so many different products right now uh, that we are actually looking to try to schedule more of them as seasonal products. So we can make room for some additional products to mm-hmm. even try. Uh, like this winter coming up, we've got a couple on the table that we may or may not be able to get out. Um, but there's some good ideas in the pipeline of some new products to be able to come out. So hopefully we can just add those to the ever-growing legendary mm-hmm. list of Tennessee Legend products to, to be able to choose from. Now, if you are not local or you not visit this area a lot, then, then have no fear. We do have distribution. Yes, as a matter of fact, we do have a couple of different types of distribution. Uh, The best way right now, because we don't have a ton of actual physical distribution across the country in liquor stores, uh, grocery stores, stuff like that, is to go online to keginbottle.com. That's K-E-G, the letter N, bottle, B-O-T-T-L-E, keginbottle.com. And you can order online and have stuff shipped directly to your door. There are only two instances, and that's going to be Michigan and Mississippi, unfortunately, that we cannot have the product shipped to through kegginbottle.com. And then we'll also get into this at some point in time, maybe in another episode, but we've got some limited and or licensed products available, and those will be available through lovescotch.com, L-O-V-E-S-C-O-T-C-H, lovescotch.com. And those are going to be, like I said, some some limited or licensed products, and we'll get back into those a little bit later. Uh, but there are a few select states. Uh, most recently added would be Georgia and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We do have some upper northeast distribution in what would be New York State getting over into New Jersey. And we have had some uh, distribution going a little bit further out west, hitting a little bit southwest uh, parts of Louisiana, getting over toward Nevada, uh, and hopefully picking up some more distribution in California here pretty soon and the ultimate goal of course is to get into every single state in the u.s Mm -hmm. with some regular distribution to where you could go down to your local package store uh, or even grocery store to be able to pick up some of our legendary spirits and even before too long some exciting news coming down the pipeline we may even be getting into some international Mm -hmm. distribution Uh, we've been speaking with some folks out of germany the uk uh, even Africa about getting some of the Tennessee Legend products distributed out worldwide. And we've also been seen uh, in entertainment as well. Our, our very famous 
King Snake two-year-old bourbon was used in a Reba McIntyre movie? Yes, uh, Christmas in Tune. And you'd also recognize one of the other folks from that movie. Uh, I think you played her love interest. And yeah. that would be, yes, one other, none other than one of the original Duke boys mm-hmm. uh, would have been in that movie as well. And you could see our, our famous King Snake bourbon in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so definitely uh, search those websites uh, and get some of our stuff delivered to you or take you a trip to Sevier County and come check out what the legend's all about. A question that I pose to you is, is what makes, in your opinion, what's one thing that makes us legendary amongst the rest? I think the only answer that I should give to this is honestly going to be none other than our head distiller, mm-hmm. Justin. Justin Holman. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but Justin, the son of one of the uh, tag team owners, uh, Jay and Julie, is our head distiller. Um, And the reason I say that is because we spend a lot more time, I mean a lot more time, trying to develop these flavors to where they are just right. Mm -hmm. Like they are the perfect blend of the different aromatics, the flavors, uh, uh, the balancing, trying to make sure that it's just the right proof of alcohol, just so that way you're having a fantastic, or in this case, you might as well just say it, a legendary experience mm-hmm. whenever consuming our different products. Um, we hear it all the time. We have so many different places where people can visit around town here mm-hmm. that we hear the same types of things. It, it's too medicinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alcohol content is just too high. Mm-hmm. Um I can kind of taste the flavor, but not really. But whenever they come in and taste our stuff, it's like you taste the kettle corn and you taste popcorn. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. taste the, the sweetness of what yes. would be that candy coating of the popcorn. We have a peanut butter cup whiskey. You're tasting milk chocolate, dark chocolate, peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer a Bananas Foster dairy liqueur. You get the banana. You get the 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 caramelization mm-hmm. of the banana. You get what would be almost like that that pudding or that mm-hmm. that I can't even think of it right now. Just that that type of of con- not consistency, but you can almost close your yeah. eyes and imagine that you're eating just yeah. a, a thing of bananas Foster from taking a drink. And and going back to the peanut butter cup. That went through over 30 different variations before Justin himself was satisfied to put it into a bottle to even release it to anybody yeah. else. Uh, whereas some of the other places might be like, you know what, I think we're going to do this flavor and it's submitted, produced, bottled, and out on the floor within yeah. a month. And it might not, like there's times where Justin will just show up with, he'll be like, the, here's a new this flavor is, I've been working a, on. I've been working on it. This is like the 15th variation. I now feel comfortable to let you all try, try it. Yeah, like he's gone through 1 through 14 on his own, and yeah. he's not been satisfied with those. So then whenever he gets to a point to where he's semi-satisfied mm-hmm. with it, then he starts getting the opinions from everybody else. And if none of those, like if he doesn't get good responses from those, then he'll go back and pull out yeah. one of the other ones or yeah. make other variations or adjustments. And, and, yeah, it can take the orange creamsicle that we mentioned earlier with Adina's. Yeah. That was originally released as a dairy liqueur back in 2015. Mm-hmm. In 2016, it was shelved because several of the other distilleries started doing an orange cream liqueur. Mm-hmm. 
admittedly theirs were better. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any shame on our end. We went back to the old proverbial drawing board, Mm -hmm. took it down, took it out of the rotation, went back to formula with it. It's been released as a moonshine and as opposed to a dairy liqueur. It worked better that way for us. So, I mean, this, this just some of the stuff that we go through to make sure that we are providing good quality products for our consumers. And not only that, a majority of our products are gluten-free. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of a given with alcohol. But not only that, we're also using a beet sugar as a sweetener for our products. We're not using cane sugar or high fructose corn syrup. The amount of sugar that you wind up getting in any of our products is actually less than a 12-ounce can of Coke. For an entire 750-milliliter bottle, you're getting less sugar than a can of Coke. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's I definitely mean, better process for if you do have a diabetic issue. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously still be safe because it is diabetes, right. but you're not going to mm-hmm. be in as much danger as you would with a normal. And some interesting information that I wound up getting yesterday. Um, not everything is entirely um, what we had talked about, a, a, an extract or a flavoring. Uh, I mentioned the term aromatics mm-hmm. earlier. And that is more what we are using. Um, the the general uh, thought process for for flavoring of a spirit is that we are putting a natural extract or a flavoring of yeah. that particular type in there. Yeah. But science has proven that a majority of taste is smell anyway. Mm-hmm. So more of what we're using is an aromatic as opposed to an actual flavoring. So it's it's almost like a little bit of a trick of the mind wow. that you're smelling this and getting that taste and that flavor as opposed to actually getting the taste or what would be the, the components, the proteins, yeah. the actual chemical mm-hmm. components of whatever that flavor we're trying to achieve would be. Yeah. So in the instance for the peanut butter cup, it's not actually using peanuts but it's using something else that has that smell mm-hmm. that gives your brain the the, the, the recognition the yeah. taste that you're potentially eating peanut but it's not anything nut yeah yeah so if you have a peanut allergen yeah you'd still be able to enjoy our product that's awesome and that's that's what my answer would have been too is our mad scientist head distiller justin just his the the care he has for the craft is is how i would word it and and because it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, he can enjoy it, but he truly goes to work thinking, I, I want to make sure everyone mm-hmm. is going to enjoy something, not yeah. just me. I could like a flavor. And in a lot of, you know, other places around town or around the country, they might be like, well, we're just going to create a flavor because it's what I like to drink. Right. But you're not necessarily thinking of the... The, the consumer. consumer and Justin does, as old Joe Deerte said. Yeah, it's not about you; it's about the consumer. Exactly, exactly. So another thing that we're going to talk about is legends, and not just us, not just our studio, but local legend legends, Tennessee legends, myths and legends, uh, and and what makes that legend a legend. For instance, here, obviously, when you think legend and you think of Tennessee, you think of either Peyton Manning or oh, Dolly yeah. Parton. Sports, or, music, yeah. all kinds of different legends. Uh, like we said, mentioned it earlier, uh, where I went to high school mm-hmm. and, and uh, in the intro, I mean, you can't mention East Tennessee, Sevierville, Sevier County without no. 
without uttering, like I said, the, the Queen Queen's Mother's names. name, uh, yeah. Miss Dolly Parton. Not only just a wonderful singer, songwriter, actress, mm-hmm. uh, but also philanthropist. I mean, uh-huh. even one of our employees, my younger sister, my mm-hmm. sibling, uh, whenever we first moved up here is whenever the Imagination Library was just getting started. And from years one through five, mm-hmm. I think it is, mm-hmm. they get a book every month. So, yeah, 60 books by the time they're five years old and getting ready to start in kindergarten. They've got their own small personal library. Yeah, all thanks um, to her. Yeah, thanks to her. Uh, Sevier County graduates, as long as they maintain a certain GPA, they can uh, file a request for a Dolly Parton-sponsored scholarship mm-hmm. to be able to pay for books and stuff like that. She'll give you and the person that you sign up with X amount of money to be able to go toward whatever it is that you need for for college courses, whether it be books or uh, tuition, whatever. Um, whenever we had the wildfires here in Gatlinburg, yeah. not too long or you know, just been a few short years mm-hmm. ago, um, she was paying people's rent and everything else. Like she was giving them per diems and everything else to people who were displaced by the fire that happened up in Gatlinburg. I mean, so yeah, though all any and all of those things wind up making her not only just a local legend, but just a legend mm-hmm. in general. Yes. Um, and not to mention her, her stance and, and her support of, of some of the, the more, um, targeted, mm-hmm. uh, groups and individuals. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into any kind of yeah. direct yeah. details, but I mean, you know but where I'm going with everyone. this. Yeah, she's she just wants to loves help. Everyone. She loves she everyone. She loves everyone. And that's the thing. Everybody should just love everybody. Yeah. And um, she, uh, who else? Uh, Megan Rich wound up saying that. Or yeah. Love everybody. Love everybody. Yep. Love everybody. Uh, and of course, you know, like myths and le- legends, urban legends we'll talk about. Uh, um, you can't go yeah. again. Tennessee Blair Witch. Um, there's several spectral locomotives. Oh um, yeah, the, uh, the, the green eyed old green eyes. Old green uh, eyes in Chattanooga. Uh, the one of our namesake products, the Tennessee yeah. Wildman. What everybody around these parts refers to Sasquatch or yeah. Bigfoot as. Uh, so many different ones oh, yeah. to, to be able to name. So. We've got, and again, getting back into the sports, you've got people, like you said. Uh, so maybe someone who made Manning. their name legendary in Tennessee, mm-hmm. even if they're not from Even if they're not originally from, from Tennessee, the state. He named, made his name in Tennessee. Right, and, and, and going back in history, we've got famous um, war heroes mm-hmm. and stuff like that that wind up coming from the state of Tennessee. So that we've got a lot of different people. Yeah to be able to talk to or talk about mm-hmm. I doubt we're going to be able to get Dolly think, onto the show at any know. point in time or Peyton to be able to talk to <laughs> yeah, them I don't know and I, and I know we can get some gonna, local legends maybe like right, performers and that's what actually what I was getting ready to get into is uh, not only do we have those types of legends but we have some relatively local local mm-hmm. legends uh, from our time during the the working in the theaters mm-hmm. and stuff like that uh, a lot of the friends that we've been able to make and those people have actually gone on to do all kinds of other yeah. things um, one of the people that I got to work with at uh, the uh, Miracle and or Opry Theater 
uh, is now in yeah. uh, Steel Magnolias. Uh, Sweet Magnolias. Or Sweet Magnolias. On Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. I actually replaced him at Murder Mystery, Aaron Medlin. Yeah. Uh, I spent yep. a week with him learning his part. Yeah. And then he was off to Miracle. Like, yep. just, like just like, good luck. You're right. And, and then, then he then winds he spent up now. some time in Broadway. Yeah, he wound up doing Mean Girls yeah. on Broadway. And then, yeah. boom, he's in a Netflix show. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got all kinds of, of mm-hmm. reference points and different mm-hmm. people. Uh, to be able to bring up, talk to, and like I said, even maybe be able to get some of these folks in. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of one of those local legends, one of the first ones that we're going to get in to talk to us, and he might be able to uh, shed some light on the the limited and licensed products that mm-hmm. I had mentioned earlier, um, and how our partnership with with that company and stuff like that wound up, you know, getting off the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to to sometimes highlight these legends, uh, maybe a little educational moments about Dolly and her upbringing and her her past, uh, or or the Tennessee Wildman, or what Old Green Eyes is in Chattanooga. We may even mm-hmm. highlight the stories behind them and the urban legends. Uh, I mean, you can't walk pretty much anywhere in Tennessee and not be crossing Revolutionary or Civil War battleground. Oh yeah, everywhere no you walk doubt. in Tennessee, like Especially even my home in Morningside, General whatever marched his whole troop down what's now my street in Morningside that I grew up on, and I had a friend actually do some metal detecting, and he found a bunch of old crap in our yard. That's crazy. Like, Good lord! And I was like, everywhere you step, someone old coins, yeah, bayonets, yeah, little bullets, and yeah, stuff, the, little the ball, ball the 50 bullets, ball yeah. From the I mean, everywhere you step in Tennessee is a battleground. Or an Indian. And especially where we're at here, you're Mm -hmm. close to the river and stuff like that. And with that being a a traveled thoroughfare and for not only, you know, people just trying to get from one point to another, but your your cargo and stuff being sent down river and everything Mm -hmm. else. I mean, there's definitely tons of places around here that that's that's all part of it. And and to see and or experience something paranormal mm-hmm. is is very easy very here. easy to happen here in tennessee so and uh we also of course one of our locations is right down the road from downtown nashville music city legends are born there every single day yep in nashville tennessee uh so we're going to be highlighting a lot of them in this podcast as well as cocktails yeah there's going to be some episodes where we wind up featuring a specific cocktail one of our favorites um, once we get this thing fully going and we actually start video recording mm-hmm. it, you're not going to be able to be, you'll be able to see us instead of mm-hmm. just hearing mm-hmm. us. Um, we'll even give you some recipes on, uh, different food stuffs, different, uh, cocktail recipes, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. And we may be introducing you and meet into some distilling terms. I know I've learned personally a lot of words that I did not know what they meant. Just right. being a bartender at a distillery. Yeah. Um, words that, you know, might not be in my common day vernacular, I now know. Oh, oh, I think I know one of the favorite ones, too. Mm. And, and this is going to wind up uh, tickling a lot of people's funny bones. <laughs> yes. Is, is speaking of, since this is a podcast called Between Two Barrels. Yeah. Uh, you know what the hole in a barrel is called where the alcohol is, is filled and extracted from? I do now. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> So uh, we could actually wind up um, asking Mike Judge if this is exactly where he wound yeah. up getting the, the inspiration from it. 
Uh, but that call uh, that hole is called the bunghole. Yes. And that's where the term comes from, is on a cask or a barrel, a whiskey barrel, wine barrel, anything like that, the hole in which the barrel is filled or emptied Un- uncorked or is, is called a bung hole, yeah. and it gets closed off by a bung cork. Yeah. So bung hole I, and I was, bung cork. I was, I was baffled the day that I learned that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, because well, every time you hear it, you immediately go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Little Beavis and Butthead. But yeah, we're gonna be doing fun stuff like this in this podcast. But we just wanted to use this first episode as uh, an opportunity to introduce not just us, but the business. Yeah, I think there's one other thing that I guess that we want to try to do mm-hmm. uh, as part of this, and everybody, everybody that we meet, everybody that we've talked to. Um, everybody that we work with mm. has has had something that has happened to them or something that they've done, uh, something that they've experienced. Either they've experienced a legend or they themselves have done something mm-hmm. that could be considered on some scale legendary. Legendary. So, Tyler, I guess, what's what's maybe two or three things that you may have done or something that you may have accomplished in... Um. in in your time on this earth so far. In my time on this earth, I one of the legendary things that I love to, to tell is uh, I have multiple times had dinner with Harrison Ford. That's amazing. Han Solo I, and Indiana Jones himself. I I couldn't even begin to imagine. I mean, oh, I've seen things like the, the David Blaine, mm-hmm. get the out of my house yes, after yes. doing the magic trick and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I mean, you've told us that that he's just a, a very nice, very chill, humble, very quiet. Yeah. Um, the wildest thing I learned about him, one of the times hanging out with him, is his favorite sport is NASCAR, and he comes to Bristol every time there's a race. Him and his wife Calista do. That's crazy. I never yeah. would have would have pictured he Harrison NASCAR. Ford as a as a NASCAR <laughs> fan. The, we were having dinner after a show, and the way I was able to meet him is one of the local uh, community theaters I worked with a lot in Morristown. Uh, in my younger years, uh, the Morristown Theater Guild, his mother-in-law, Callista's mom, was is a board member of it. Uh, her parents moved to Morristown years ago and are very heavily involved in the theater world. So one of the shows that she was actually in, we were doing Driving Miss Daisy. And she played Miss Daisy, and I did lights and sound for it. And uh, the last show, the director walks up with me and goes, we're going to go to eat dinner after this. And I was like, oh, cool, cool, okay. And uh, he's like, and I don't want you to freak out, but we're going to have some special guests. And I was like, oh, cool, who? And he goes, look over there, but don't react. And I look over, and at first I see Callista. And I had met Callista the summer prior um, because she came and saw us perform Guys and Dolls. And... I was like, oh, Callista's in town. That's great. That's awesome. She's really cool. And he goes, not her. The gray-haired gentleman beside her. And as I'm looking at him, I'm just looking at the back of his head. Then he turns to talk to her, and I see his profile. And he I can makes imagine this your face. eyes just go and from... I, <laughs> he said, looking at you, realize. He's like, I wish I could, for the first time again, anytime I see him, his name's Mark. He goes, I wish I could relive that for the first time again. Just that realization of, oh, my God, it's Indiana Jones. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. He's like, so don't freak out. So 
I'm 19 at the time, and we're up the street from my house that I grew up in at a restaurant called Ronnie's. And he's pouring wine for everybody, and he's passing around. I'm 19 years old. You know, to all you 19-year-olds, that's illegal to drink. Um, and he hands me, he's handing me a glass of wine, and I'm just staring at him. And I go, uh, 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 uh. And Mark just goes, call your mom and see if it's okay. In a normal world, normal 19-year-old would be like, I'm just not going to tell anybody. Right. I'm just going to drink it and not tell anybody. But in front of Harrison, I went, can you hold on a second? I need to call my mom and ask if that's okay. <laughs> and so I did. And she go, I go, we're up the road at Ronnie's and we're having dinner. And can I have a glass of wine? Why? No, you're 19, Tyler, and you're driving. And I'm like, Harrison Ford poured it for me. Well, I guess one glass of wine's not too bad. <laughs> she said, if he wants to stop by and say hi after you're done, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. She, she put that condition on there. Yeah, she's oh, like, yeah, one right. condition. Yeah, yeah. just bring, bring old Han over. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, he's just really quiet and down to earth. But I will say he loves, he loves his, his red wine. Nice. And, he, and he's a pilot, and I'm sure everyone who's ever read the news knows that he's walked away from a few plane wrecks of planes that he's been piloting, piloting and he's just walked away from them. Wow. I mean, a plane's nothing compared to the Millennium Falcon, I guess. So, right, right. So. Or a big, giant boulder <laughs> that you have yeah. to jump down It's like, I've survived so much. Yeah. I broke my back in a it's, stunt. It's, this it's is all right. Say, it's, it's, it's Indy. <laughs> it's Indy, yeah. Indiana Jones, man. I mean, he's, he's lived that's, through uh, and, and suffered That's one of my favorite stories to tell people. It's like, uh, you know, a few times. I've, that's awesome, I've man. I've out with Harrison. What about you? Uh, I actually messaged you about this the other day, um, and it was weird after having done the math. Mm. Um, the length of time that I spent with Fee Hedrick Family Entertainment Group mm-hmm. doing the shows that I did as a technician, as a host, as a performer, which most of the time, every single bit of that was wrapped into the same, you know, yeah. thing. Like, yeah. I wasn't doing... Like, during the magic show, I was the host. I did all the prop repair. Mm-hmm. I was the lead technician. I was in the show. Mm-hmm. I, 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 almost so every bit of So that's why I hear you're part. used to wearing hat, all these oh, hats yeah, yeah, without... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's second nature yeah. to me as far as this. Um, I find myself having a difficult time trying not to multitask. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only time that I can do that is whenever I'm out on the water. <laughs> and I'm not multitasking, but at times I really am because... I'm still looking at like the fish finder and, yeah. and all this other stuff. So uh, maybe whenever I'm pushing up daisies will be yeah. the, the time that I'm. No, because I'll be laying there and pushing up daisies. And for so sure. <laughs> two things at still the same time. <laughs> um, but I was averaging anywhere between four and five hundred shows a year Lord. that I was doing. So during my tenure with the company. Um, and I didn't, of course, factor in every single year. I only factored in the years that I was actually doing stuff mm. in terms of either being a tech or performing proper pair, stuff like that. So all of the the concession stand, the ticket office, mm. uh, uh, front-end managerial days, all that stuff was wiped out of there. But I did over 6,000 shows Lord. in theaters in Pigeon Forge, uh, over 6,500 shows in 
in Pigeon Forge. And and kind of like I was I was telling you off the podcast earlier, it it's kind of bittersweet because yes, mm-hmm. I know that I've done this and my work has been seen by millions of people, mm-hmm. yet no one knows who I am. Yeah. Uh, so I go home. I go back to Little Vaucluse, South Carolina. Uh, population just cracked a hundred people, uh, and I am a walking, talking, full-fledged celebrity yeah. in in several aspects, especially in my mom's house. Um, but but to to the general public, I yeah. mean, I'm I'm just another yeah. randomless, nameless, you yeah. know, face. Uh, but have been able to to in my heart, you know, I've I've accomplished a great feat. Yeah, in the fact that I have seen my work viewed by so many people oh uh and it has brought joy and happiness Mm -hmm. to them from what i've done and that's i think the ultimate goal is and at least for me in life is just uh anybody that winds up encountering me in some kind of way hopefully i've made them either better or happier Mm -hmm. than what they were before they encountered me yeah um i might not make you happy but I will make you a better person. Yes. You may get mad at me, <laughs> but you're going to learn and grow from it. I would agree. I would agree. Um, yeah. I mean, other than that, I have been told back in the just out of high school days that I can make some mean cocktails. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, used to. Uh, there's probably still stories floating around this county of uh, going out and partying out at the, the lake house yeah. with with me and some of the other folks from that from that time period uh it's almost like but did you die (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's it for this episode thank you for tuning in and uh check us out online wherever you uh listen to your podcasts be sure to subscribe and like this and leave a review uh reach out to us through social media Ask questions. Yes, absolutely. I am someone who absolutely loves. I get all the time. I got a question for you. I got an answer. Let's yeah. see if they match. Yeah, I know everybody around here probably gets tired of hearing yeah. me say that. Yeah, at times, but I am someone who who loves the challenge of if I don't know the answer, I am going to BS my way through it and <laughs> give you an answer that sounds fantastic, <laughs> and you never know the difference. As long as you are just solid in what you're doing most people believe you right and and you and i have have got uh phds in bs Mm -hmm. uh we are both very Mm -hmm. very good at improv yeah uh, whenever it comes to it so a lot of the stuff that you've actually heard today uh while it has not been bs uh, everything that's come out today has been has been true stuff Uh, there will definitely be some times that you're going to hear just some random bs come out of our mouths well that my PhD in BS is how I've made, in my time in the bar here, so many people believe that the quote-unquote snakeskin above the bar is real. Is actual snakeskin. Is actual snakeskin to this massive snake that would never live in these parts. Anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere near here. Nowhere near. I mean, it's you so might big. would get sort of close down yeah. in Florida, but that's but about it. Literally, these are like, it's the size of like a... An anaconda and yeah, in yeah. The go back to the ice cube or, and, yeah, and, and yeah. J Lo and, yeah. and John Voight. Exactly, anaconda. But like, all it is is boxing paper that our merchandise manager turned into painted. What looks like this massive 
snakeskin. Yeah. And the stories that I've made up about it, and people just like, oh my god. Yeah, we've not had to worry about rodents or small yeah. dogs running around here for Anything. a long and time. We still haven't found Vanessa. She used to work here. We right. don't know if she quit. Um, but we haven't heard from her. But disclaimer: No one has actually died <laughs> from being eaten by a snake at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Exactly. But yeah, I, I love just just coming up with it. We are students of the improv game. Yes, um, watching Impractical Jokers. Mm-hmm. Um, whose line? Whose line? Oh my God! Whose line is probably one of the favorites. Um, and of course, Colin and and those guys. Yeah. The the lifelongers. Yeah. Are are fantastic and and great inspirations for that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, like Tyler said, please make sure uh, comment, like, comment, share. Um, ask us any kind of questions. We'd love to get any kind of feedback that we can. Um, honestly, I mean, if you've got anything that you want to suggest that we cover or mm-hmm. anything like that, please make sure and leave those in the comments. And again, ask us any kind of questions. Um, other than that, I think that's going to wrap up this first Absolutely. episode. All right. And thank you for tuning in and cheers to you legends. Folks, once again, we'd like to thank you for joining us for another episode of Between Two Barrels. And if you aren't getting enough of that legendary content, make sure and head on over to TennesseeLegend.com where you can find links to all of our different locations as well as all of our different social media sites and our online swag shop. And until next time, stay legendary.